from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. Let me get up on that mic a little bit there. Squeaky chair, I apologize. Right off the bat. Also a little bit of a burp there. Let's start over. <clears throat> I love it. And a burp. Let's start over. Okay, let's get over it. Uh, three and a two and a one, two, three. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. Here we are again, remotely. Was hoping to be in the studio this week, but that was my fault. Uh, we will be back together soon. Actually, it's kind of good. We, we we picked a good time not to come back because uh, a lot of COVID cases popping up locally around here, at least. Uh, it would seem that that is happening, Patrick. It would seem that maybe everybody getting together for Memorial Day and things like that uh, seem to be... Uh, Causing a little bit of a of a of a what I would call a spike, at least locally. I don't know how it is nationally, but locally, that seems to be the Whose case. Dog so, is that? <laughs> are you all healthy? Very. Jake, you're good. Doing good. Jake, doing good. Jake looks like yep. he's smoking a pipe. Like he's like a he's got a meerschaum. Whose dog is? Whose dog is that? Jake, meet your mic. I can't hear a dog. The nice thing about this. Oh, really? For some reason, Google Meet cuts everything off, so I barely hear you guys, which is. Wow. I'm, I'm basically just. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea because that dog is loud. <laughs> I can't hear him. Yeah, I can't hear him either. You can barely hear us, huh? I did not know that. I can hear you. You know what the, What the, our mic does, though, John, is it cuts off your laugh. Mm. It, our mic cuts off your laugh. So no laughter. I mean, it's there. I, w- I wonder if it's in the recording. No, no laugh track. Yeah. The day the laughter died. Yeah, that's right. And I was singing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie." Is that so true that that? And good old boys are drinking whiskey and rye, saying this will be the day that I die. You're calling, and you call me white. This is, is this a white point yet? <laughs> wow! Exactly. You call me white. Wow. What 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 song do you think white folk like more? Is it "Bye Bye Miss American Pie" or is it uh, "Sweet Caroline"? No, it's "Sweet Home Alabama." Ooh, that's another one. But I no, I but I feel like you hear more people break into "Sweet Caroline" because you could walk into a place and go "Sweet Caroline" and every every white kid in the bar is going to go "Bop." Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba. Yep. As loud as they can. Don't they work that in? Don't they work that into a movie or something where the, the whole audience is going? Ba, ba, ba. They work it into every Red Sox game. They play it at the Red Sox games. Oh, that's what it is. The whole the whole stadium goes. Ba, bunch, of, ba, ba. bunch of idiot chowderheads in the you know. I, I love it. Chowder you're head. like you're like literally chowderheads. Literally chowds. <laughs> Go Sox, sweet Caroline. Mm. I swear that we will sing Sweet Caroline by the end of this decade. <clears throat> <laughs> and do the other things. because Not because they're easy. But, but because, because they are hard. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe will do the other things. Not because they're easy, but because they're hard. Because I am hard. Good old Marilyn. She just turned up in a movie and I forgot that I did not. She, oh, 
the other day, John, we were, you were talking about the asphalt jungle. We, we mentioned it in passing, mm. and I was flipping mm. through uh, through uh, the Turner Classics Hub on HBO Max, and there it was. And I don't think I'd ever seen the whole thing, so I sat down and watched it. Oh. And Marilyn Monroe pops tell up. Tell me, tell me, it was great. Great really, little. That might be like the film noir of all time, huh? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't even realize that uh, that uh, uh, um, there was Sam Jaffe as the the kindly. Doc yeah. Doc Reichenbach or Doc I forgot his name Reichenfeller yeah. or Reichen. Uh, boy, that was good though. At the end, jeez, good one. Uh, but Marilyn Monroe—that's an early role for her. Right, such a knockout. And that, that whole thing, like, gee, Uncle Lon, can't you just imagine me in this outfit? He's all, yes, <laughs> yeah. But she, she makes him call her Uncle. It's so weird. Uncle uh, Lon, it's so weird. So weird. God, it's so warped. Uh, yeah. What else was that guy? What else was Uncle Lon in? He looked so familiar. He's in everything. Uh, he's in everything. Going yeah. all the way back to um, Duck Soup. He goes all the way back to the early 30s. Ah, okay. Well, doing stuff right through the 50s. Yeah, if, you're, if you want to know what we're talking about, it's on Turner Classic. If you have the Turner Classic Hub on HBO Max, film called The a- Asphalt Jungle. Very nice little uh, kind of heist movie. Uh, James Whitmore. John Houston. Yeah, John Houston directed. I just watched. And you know. Oh, go ahead. It's I, you'd, you'd have to say that that would have to be in the top ten film noirs of all time. It's just insane. It's just the black and white photography is gorgeous, and it's really hard-boiled. Really, it's hard to pull for anybody. You end up pulling for Sterling Hayden, but he's just as hard-nosed. You know what's crazy about Sterling and Hayden as a young guy? Your buddy, huh? James Whitmore. Your buddy, James Whitmore, is in it. Uh, as a hunchback. Uh, but uh, the great Sterling Hayden... Uh, just looks like he just wandered in off the street. Doesn't even look like he's acting. He's just like, no, uh, no, I can't see. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. He, that's the thing. He's so natural. It doesn't look like he is acting. Right. It looks like they just got some guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some dude. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're just. Uh, this is not like a, a performance. This looks like a guy. You're right. It looks like he just like wandered in. You know. Sure. Check it out. Asphalt Jungle. Good. Good little crime movie. Uh, my, uh, is it my favorite film noir? Uh, my favorite film noir is probably, probably something like, uh, the big combo, maybe, uh, mm. that's a good one. Cause that's super low budget and very grimy, very grimy. And that's John Alton photograph, uh, photographing that. That's really good. Uh, but yeah, it's, man. it's really good. I had never seen the asphalt. I thought I had, and I thought, I think maybe I was thinking of the, uh, the blackboard jungle. Which was one, two, three yeah. o'clock, four o'clock rock. Uh, for some reason, you mentioned that. And I was like, oh, there it is. I'll give it a shot. Uh, speaking of John Houston, I just watched uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre again. Uh, thought of Justine that whole time. But um, I was at my mom's and I was watching my mom. I, I thought for sure she had seen it. She had never seen it. And uh, what'd she think? She, at the end, she said, see what they get for being greedy? That's what she said. She loved she it. She turned to you and said, See what you get for being greedy. <laughs> she said, see, that's what happens because they were greedy. And I was like, yep, that's the, you you got the point, mom. Good job. But she How's loved she it. How's she feeling these days? How's your mom? Uh, she's all right. She went to, uh, she went to, she's having some, back. she's having some nerve pain. They, at first they thought it was sciatica. Then they thought it was something else. And then they found out she had fractured her back. Uh, she had taken a fall recently, a very mild fall, just slipped out of her chair onto the floor. But looks like she may have had some minor fractures, but they were thinking that maybe the fractures caused the nerve pain, but uh, we just took her to a specialist yesterday, so she's got an MRI lined up. But she's been in a lot of pain for the last month, but it seems to be getting better. 
she's doing a little bit better. She's still she's still up and around. We went to I took her to uh, Cost Company yesterday, and uh, she had a good time uh, out. Uh, but uh, it's, it's now it's like one one trip around the store, and she's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And uh, you know that kind of wears her out. She, whereas before she used to be, you know, she was you know pretty a lot of energy. So now she has to like take she take, has to take it a little easier now. But uh, still going strong, still sharp. Uh, yeah, it's cool that you can sit and watch. Uh, it's cool that the two of you can sit and watch a movie. Well, what the thing is with my mom, she I have her hooked up with uh, all of the. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about password sharing, but uh, I have a. I have a Roku device that I take, and when I'm over at my mom's, it's all, you know, I have all my stuff there. And I've tried to show her how to use it, and it's just, it's not, it's not the Roku using the device that's very intuitive. For her, it's the switching between the inputs on the TV that throws her. So there's no easy way for her to get back to just watching TV. So it kind of limits her. So when I'm over there, I try to at least... If it's going to be like we have a like you know we've had dinner or whatever and we have I'll be I'll try to sit down and watch a movie with her because you know she's stuck watching whatever she has on you know she has Direct TV but she doesn't have anything super you know her TV is set up with Alexa because then she can talk to it. Oh, that's a great idea, Justine. Yeah. Parents do that. <laughs> that's a great idea. I might have to. I do because I have her. I have her set up with Alexa. She loves it. She's wow. a, she's adopted Alexa. You just buy a cube and then you just connect it and then it can change the channel. Hmm. Oh. Say Alexa's a nice girl. You know what, Justine? You may have just solved a huge problem for me. That's the cube, right? Yeah. Worlds are changing. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get it figured out. Uh, but yeah, if she, oh man, if she, uh, if she could get to it, she would be on Discovery Plus, just watching uh, crime stuff all day. That's what, mm. that's her favorite thing. Oh, the husband killed her. I know it. Sure enough. Respect to your mom. Yeah, she watched she likes to watch like forty eight hours and all those. I'm like, mom, it's always the husband. It's always the husband. Uh, she's doing well though. Watch the uh, murder she wrote. All that was like on every day. She watched you know what she won't. Yeah, what's weird is my mom won't watch like uh, series. She's not a series person unless it's something like mm. she'll watch like. Uh, She'll watch like Dancing with the Stars or American. She likes the competition where they're, you know, I think, and that's what we were talking about, John. It's the days of the variety show. That's the closest she has yeah. to something like a variety show, you know, watching like American yeah, Idol. Yeah, for sure. for sure. So she'll watch those, but she, she does not watch a lot of episodic TV uh, unless it's like the Golden Girls or something, you know. But yeah, she's good. Uh, her. No, her film, like I, with her too, I think it's just a lot of. She may have seen it and forgot about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she doesn't hold movies in the way that we that we do. Like, oh, I saw this movie once on cable and I never forgot it, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you show her something with Van Johnson, and she's gonna oh yeah, she'll be like, oh, we all he was our hero. I'm like, what? Van Johnson of all, <laughs> so weird. So funny, Van Johnson. Yeah. She said that to me. I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, she knows everybody. She, oh, look, there's look, there's Danny Kaye. There's La Debbie Reynolds. But yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. She'll, so uh, yeah. she's a it's sucker. Time. Yeah, so I, I try to put on stuff for her that, I, you know, I can stomach. And then, <laughs> but she'll sit and watch it. What did I show her recently? And uh, boy, she liked it, but she was, uh, what was it? Uh, Have you shown her Obi-Wan yet? No, she wouldn't watch, she wouldn't watch 
uh, she'll sit once. Like if I'm watching Star Wars, we go like, oh, look Star Wars. Uh, God, what was I? I showed her a, a, a more recent movie, and I, I can't remember what. It'll come to me. I'll think of it later. Uh, by the way, uh, if you guys are looking for something to watch, everything, everywhere, all at once is streaming now. It's on. You can Ooh, get it. What's on it streaming stream. on? Is it? You can buy it for twenty bucks. Fuck it, worth it. Totally worth it. Uh, get it on Voodoo. Get it on Amazon. Uh, I picked it up. You're gonna love it. Is anyone watching Severance? Nobody. I've heard it's good. So far, it's good. Is I that the one with Adam Scott? Two episodes in. Is, is that Adam Scott? My, Brian uh, Cox. Uh, ben Stiller wrote, directed it. I can't remember. No, Brian Cox it. is in um, uh, Succession. Succession. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Severance. <clears throat> yes, with Adam Scott of uh, of Parks and Rec fame, and also the brother and step brothers. <clears throat> the brother and step brothers. Yeah. Uh, also, husband of my friend uh, JB. Shout out to JB. Formerly JP, now JB, but uh, she's, hmm. her, that's her side piece is uh, Adam Scott. So, hmm. shout out! To <laughs> I don't know why. Never heard that term before. Side piece. You never heard side piece, John? We all have a side piece. Uh, oh man, he means I've Paul Pass, John. I've heard like other other wife or other husband, but I've never heard side piece. Oh come on, John! You got to get with the millennials, man. Mm. You, you want me to be yeah. like a millennial? Yeah, we know. We know what's up. Yeah, I want you to be on like be like a millennial. Tell me how great uh, Kate Bush running up that hill is. Mm. That's not even the millennial. It's the neck. What's the Gen Zers that are like Stranger Things? Uh, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's weird. That that was that's so far back. Her first album is probably like right. you know, eighty two or something. How do you feel about the great Kate Bush, John? How do you feel about? Uh, uh, I always thought she was good. I knew I had friends that were major fans, right? Major fans. And the thing is, she never toured. I don't think no. she never came to America anyway. So it was one of those people you just were never going to see. You could be a fan, but you were just never going to see her live, right? Know? And not unlike I in, knew people that had uh, every album, you know. Not unlike an Annie Lennox, kind of an ethereal voice, is mm-hmm. as we say, a one of a kind voice, right? You know? Right? Right? Very theatrical too, right? Uh, so, is anyone watching Stranger Things? I yeah, watched, the last yeah. episode I watched, they were playing that song over and over. Mm. And are you running up that hill? I think I have. I have one more episode to watch, and then um, I guess I have to wait till July. Is what everyone's saying? Oh, is it a two-parter? It's a uh, two-parter. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Why do they do that? Because they did it with movies, so now they're doing it with shows. Stop it. It's a way to get you to come back, like uh, when you don't have a lot of episodes. I think that's why Game of Thrones did that. They no, they Netflix is trying to get their subscribers back. Well, what mm. Netflix did though, with the one thing they haven't done is they have not caved to the uh, <clears throat> to the you know re- releasing the episodes weekly, which I've told you. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Not on Stranger <laughs> Things though. No, but on other. Okay, but other shows I watch, it's weekly. What like what? Stupid Bridgerton. Don't watch Bridgerton. Well, not if it's Do, uh, I have nothing against it. I just don't like the name Bridgerton. It sounds like a made-up name. Bridgerton or Downton Abbey? Uh, oh, I like Downton Abbey though. And actually, what I've seen, what I've seen of Bridgerton actually looks 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 really well done. The, it looks mm-hmm. very well done. It looks very diverse. I just hate the name Bridgerton. It sounds made up. 
It, I'm sh- I don't know if it's a real person or not, but it just sounds because like because it is made up. It sounds like a made up name. Well, yeah, but don't make it sound made up. Cumberbatch sounds. Does Justine, were you going to remark on how Cumberbatch sounds made up? <laughs> yeah, I just said that. I said, what about Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch does sound like something like a second grader would come up with. Uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch sounds like somebody says, come up with the most British name you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Earl Foggington. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or Shropshire. I was amazed to find out there really is a place called Oh, yes, Shropshire. yes. Because that sounded like it was completely Shropshire slash. I just watched like, a, I just watched a Columbo where he went to, he was on vacation in the UK. He was on vacation in London, and somebody murdered somebody. And you'll never guess who it was, John. The mur- The murderers were uh, Richard Basehart, <laughs> doing a British accent, and not bad actually, not as bad as I thought it would be, and. Pussy Galore. Uh, Honor, Honor Blackman. Honor Blackman? Honor Blackman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? And with a special appearance uh, by Wilfred Hyde White, because of course. And then uh, the, 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 the British inspector that was to- giving him the tour was Bernard Fox. Always like, oh god, he, he's, that is the <laughs> most, that, that is the most quintessential <laughs> British guy you could have. And when you see him in like serious roles, you think he's going to break into Doctor Bombay from Bewitched. You <laughs> yes, know? right. Somebody from you know R- Doctor Bombay, come right away. That's right. I wonder if that was fun for him to do uh, to Bewitched? do to do Bewitched. You know, kind of like a, he. Just, oh, it must have been. I think every you got Shakespearean actors doing Bewitched. You got <laughs> Maurice Evans. Right. <laughs> so it must have been fun, right, you know, to do that stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, so he uh, they 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 accidentally killed someone, and then tried to cover it mm. up, and then that's what that's what happened. And of course, Columbo was on the case; he wasn't going to let it go. Did he say, "Can I ask you a question, sir? Were you ever on a voyage to the bottom of the sea?" Uh, just, <laughs> uh, just one thing: uh, how do you feel about submarines? Boy, they really go on the way they go into the ocean. It, it marvelous, marvelous. <laughs> I always forget that that. Uh, that aspect of the Columbo character, there is a little bit of, of a of a Hugh Hugh Hauser in there, where who, whatever the guy's doing, you know, it's like Ray Milland growing orchids, and he's like, "Oh, look at yeah. these are the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen." Boy, I could turn into a real fan, you know. <laughs> You're just like, wow. It, it's, uh, it's how he gets them into a false sense right. of, uh, you know, they, well, this guy is sort of like, you know, he's sort of like a simpleton. Right. And he's also kind of, you know. <laughs> You know, he's a fan in a way, and they just go, ah, he's nobody to worry about, you know? <laughs> right, it's perfect. It works every time. I love it. I, I've been watching yeah. I've been watching him little by little, and I've really been trying not to watch him, like, two in a row. I just leave him. I just, like, watch one a day, maybe, as I'm going yeah. to bed or, like, as, you know, in the relaxing time. Because they're a little, they're, like, 90 minutes almost. I think they're, like, an hour and 20. Because they were originally two hours, right? They're part of that NBC mystery movie. So that, yeah. It's like name of the game. Uh, you know, those things were longer than an hour, and so it felt more like. Oh, a movie I forgot song. about that show. Who was in the name of the game, John? Uh, Robert Stack, Gene Barry, and uh, James Franciscus. Yeah, uh, James Franciscus, uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was a thing that it was a rotating kind of like the NBC Mystery Theater. They all kind of like this week it's going to be this guy, but they're all sort of like interconnected. I think it was like a cop and a publisher. 
and something else. And so they kind of rotate them around, but I think they all knew each other. That's weird. So within... Uh, there was another one. What's that? Oh, well, so I was going to explain for the audience, the young audience who've just discovered Kate Bush. There was a show, there was the NBC mystery movie it ran on uh, for in the 70s. And it, you were going to get, you got one of three shows. You got Columbo, you got Macmillan and Wife with Rock Hudson. And uh, who was Macmillan's wife? Um, uh, Susan St. James. Thank you. And then you had uh, McLeod, which is Dennis oh, Weaver McLeod, in, a, yeah. in a Levi jacket and, and a horse and a cowboy hat. <clears throat> and then sometimes they tried to work in another one and they rarely worked. They had one uh, called Heck Ramsey. It was supposed to be like Old West Detective, you know, with uh, Richard Boone. And they didn't always work. Somehow, the fourth one never worked. But uh, those big three ran for years. It was know? like they stuck Banachek in there for like a year or two, right? Yeah, and there you go. Something Banachek. like that. <laughs> but I remember that show, The Name of the Game. So I never knew the premise. So in The Name of the Game, within this rotating series, there was a rotating series. Is what you're telling me. Well, they all kind of, the way it's different is I think they all do kind of know each other. So one guy's like the, the publisher of a big magazine and another one is like a lawyer. Another one is like a detective. I forget what it is, but they, it's so every, they kind of focus on one guy every week. Oh. But I think unlike uh, McLeod and Columbo, these guys, I think, have a connection. Okay. Somehow. All right. So like I the bold ones. You remember that? It was like a doctor a lawyer and a cop. And that was like, uh, Burl Ives and David Hartman. And, um, what a weird cast. <laughs> and somebody else. There's some other guy. Same thing this week. We're covering the doctors. You know, this week it's the lawyers, you know, I guess, you know, in a way it's kind of like the wire. I don't know the, the wire. They do a whole season with, you know, the, you know, the cops and they do a whole season with the, uh, right. You know, with the, uh, with the, uh, journalists and, uh, so, I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun, I guess. What's weird to me is I watching these shows, uh, you know, you, if you take sitcoms as a, as kind of a, a you, there's a lot of bad TV in the 70s. There really is a lot of bad oh, TV yeah. in the 70s. But there's some good stuff, man. Every episode of Columbo is like a gem, you know, almost. I mean, you know, they don't all work to the same degree, but watching Peter Falk do his thing is just, you know, it's great. It's like, oh, this guy's having the time of his life doing this part, you know, just fantastic. And uh, that was the cream of the crop. It's that the Columbo's like the cream of the crop. It's the best acting. It's the best uh, writing. And it's the best directing. And then you've got stuff that's just goofy, you know, just the dopey stuff, you know, like the bionic woman and stuff like that, you know, or $6 million man. Right. That's on the goofy side. I mean, I always watch a $6 million man, but as soon as you get out of high school, you're like, wow, these are impossible. Things. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really, it's dopey. Stuff. It's really goofy. And well, I've been. I've also been enjoying. <laughs> yeah, I've also been enjoying the Rockford Files, which apparently. Okay, I stop real quick. Sorry, we're sorry to. We're gonna pause. I know you, the, the kids are bored, but dad, dad, and uncle are talking. No, no, no. You guys stay there. Keep playing your video games. But um, <clears throat> you're. You got the. I'm watching the Rockford Files, and I see this thing. You have 24 days to to watch. 24 days left to watch this. The Rockford Files is on the peacock, on the cock, as uh, my wife likes mm. to refer to it. It's on the cock. It should be, it's owned by NBC. Why is it going away? What, what's the deal? I got six seasons because, of this. Um, you can't keep up with who owns what. I don't know how Universal lost 
That was a universal show. That was MCA Universal. I don't know how the hell it turns up on Paramount. Paramount must have murdered. No, it's on Peacock, which is NBC. And oh, I'm sorry. I always think it's Paramount. I always think Peacock is Paramount Plus. Um, so NBC, there is a connection. There's yeah. an NBC connection. Uh, yeah, it was Universal. The same company that was, owns Universal. It yeah, was yeah. Universal Television. So why the hell sure. is my is my beloved Rockford Files? I'm I'm barely into season two. There's 26 episodes I got to get uh, through. I got news for you. I got news for you. There's plenty of other places you can find that. I don't know why they're making it a limited time thing, but that's that's around. You can find. John, do I have to sit through commercials though? Do I have to sit through commercials? Also, I know you don't like this idea, but I've got the complete run. If you ever want to borrow the box, I've got the complete run. I know you're not really playing disc. Oh, I will watch it. I will borrow it from you. I've got the complete run of the Rockford Files, including I think the movies. So I will borrow it from you. Okay. For sure. Because I know what you're saying. I, I kind of got started years ago. I started watching like the first and second season. I couldn't stop. I'm like, really? Am I going to watch like seven seasons of this? Right. It's like, you're like really? You'd think it would lose me, but it's, you, you got to love James Garner. Another thing, uh, that's another show where you're watching good cast, good direction, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and good writing. And good writing. It's like, it's, what's it, his name? It, it, it's a little is more. Is it uh, Cannell? Is it? Stephen J. Stephen Cannell, J. Cannell. yeah, and it's not uh, it's it's a little more noir in that um, there aren't really deep mysteries. It's more like, hey, I'm trying to find this girl, and I'm gonna run into the underworld, and then you know, it's not like a Columbo where there's like a mystery to really solve. It's just you're watching him go through these paces and get beat up and do all that stuff. Uh, right. Rockford Files feels like it's Rockford Files feels like it's rooted in the real world. Uh, as good as Columbo is, it always feels like, oh, this is a mystery. And you never feel like it's really happening. With Rockford Files, because they're shooting around L.A. and he's very natural, it feels like it's in the real world. It doesn't feel like McLeod and Columbo and all those guys. It really feels like a real guy. Yeah. I think that was the appeal. People tuned in because he felt like a real guy. Right, right. And part of that is his, his style of acting. Sure. It's not just the writing. He, he makes it feel like it's just happening. You know? Yeah. And then uh, I started watching, uh, that made me watch, uh, me and Nicole sat down to watch Victor Victoria, which I hadn't seen in years. And I forgot Robert Preston's in that. <laughs> and that's the tour de force of all time for him. Right. He's been making movies since like the 40s or the 30s. <laughs> my God, that's got to be the greatest way to go out. With, I think that might have been his last film. I think right? it, it, with, his, with his bad perm and everything. And uh, <laughs> Well, you know. And you realize he always looked that, that age. When you, when you go back and watch The Music Man, you're like, wow, he always looked that way. He's one of those guys that yeah, always looked. Yeah, he's one of those guys that when you, when you see him young, it's... It's weird when you see him like in like 39, you go, God, he once had like a young face. Cause you're right. It looks like after the music man, he just stopped aging. You know? Right. He just stayed craggy. But, uh, yeah. What? And James Garner's great in that too. With his little pencil mustache. Um, well, he's funny. See, that's the thing. He can do comedy and then he can do the, he can do drama and how many people can sort of go back and forth like that. I mean, he really has a light touch with the comedy but he could do dead serious too, you know. Justine, was he your favorite in The Great Escape? Uh, was that was James Garner your favorite? I forgot. Who was your? Uh, yeah, probably. I I love Steve McQueen, but probably my favorite is uh, is what? Uh, James. Garner, is that yeah. is that yours, Justine? I forgot. Who was your favorite, Justine? In The Great Escape. My favorite is the guy that has all the stuff. That's James Garner. That's James the, the scrounger. scrounger. Uh, uh, all the stuff. The scrounger. With the turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you would definitely love the Rockford Files. You should just watch it. Yeah. Wait, did you watch? Did you watch Stranger Things? 
I did not. Is he in it? Okay. They talked about the Great Escape. Because <laughs> ah. they have to tunnel out. They made a comment about, he's like, the guy, the Russian guy says, oh, you're cool, like Steve McQueen. The cooler box. <laughs> mm. <laughs> then he goes, oh, well, the cooler box is bad because he gets sent back there, so he's not really that cool. <laughs> the cooler king. <laughs> the cooler king. I love it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to watch, uh, we're going to start doing a Rockford Files podcast. Rockford Files slash Columbo. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to break down every sport coat that uh, James Garner wears. <laughs> And, uh, it's a good season for Stranger Things. I'm going to have to sit down and watch. I, you know, the first one, I watched it, and I was just kind of meh about it. And I think I watched the second season. And I think really? what... I thought the second was meh. I thought that the what... The second was meh. First is good. The, the, second, the thing that bothered me about the second season was... What, that's when What's-His-Name started getting a lot of traction. The sheriff. And uh, what's-his-name? The cop. What's the actor's name who plays the cop? Oh, Harper, um, Dave Harper, yeah. or Harper, David Harper. Yeah, he's just a he's. The, 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 for me, it's just a, I, I didn't. Love him. I didn't get it. I like him. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. It's like, him. yeah, he's fine. He's doing okay. It's like, what's her name? I was just thinking about that. What's her name in the in uh, in Wandavision? The neighbor. Everybody was like, oh my mm. god. And I was like, mm, it's fine. I yeah, mm. the actress. I understand they, these people do stuff that I never who watch. Was also, who was also in Step Brothers? Was she? She was Will Ferrell's, oh no, not Will Ferrell's husband, um, Adam Scott's wife. Oh, okay. Your girl uh, Isla Fisher was up at uh, the Rusty Monk the other day. Why is she my girl? I don't know. I figured you, would, you probably like movies with Isla Fisher in them. She was in Whittier? <laughs> yeah, she was in, her and I forgot who the co-star was. They were filming up at... I think at the Rusty Monk. Oh, they were filming somewhere up on yeah, Greenleaf. I, oh, you know who it was? Yesterday? You know who it was? It was Greg Kinnear. It was Greg Kinnear. They were filming a Lifetime movie. I, Lifetime movie. Oh, okay. Because so. yesterday I walked into Lovells and they said, oh, are they still filming out there? And I'm like, what? Oh, they were out there filming something in front. And I'm like, okay. Look look for my mom's. We'll, we'll look for that on my mom's house. Uh, Lifetime movie. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Whatever happened to Isla Fisher? I don't know. I'm glad she's still working. Though. She was hot for like a minute. She's married to Borat. Is that her husband? She's married to Borat? Really? Yeah, they've yeah. been married. Wow. Justine, thank God you're wow. here. Thank God you're yeah. here, Justine. You remind us that these are real people with real lives, <laughs> and they're just like us, married to Borat. And they can also be married. Yeah, they can also be married. Celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> What did Homer Simpson once say? <laughs> Celebrities. Is there nothing they can't do? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They go into space. <laughs> they go into space. <laughs> Celebrities in space. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I was going to almost start talking about Elon Musk, but I don't want to work myself into a lather. Yeah. Into a lather. A lather each other off. We just start talking about NFTs. Like, let's just go down the rabbit hole and ruin our podcast. Uh, someone said that uh, NFTs are beanie babies for guys who are mad that there's a black woman in Star Wars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> mm. uh, the best. NFTs, man. Non-fungible tokens. It means 
The fungus won't grow on that. That's what that means. Non-fungible. So I still don't 100 percent understand. I'm glad that, we could. But, uh, uh, they're doing. They're doing Looney Tunes uh, NFTs now. You know, now John's interested. John, now John, <laughs> your John's, you've got John's attention. Once you, uh, it's like your it's, shit don't stink. Well, uh, it's uh, Patrick. It's like uh, Bitcoin in that it doesn't really exist, right? No, it exists. Okay. Well, it outside of your screen, does it exist? Here's a great story. It exists. It's just not available. John, here's a story for you. Uh, yes. Seth Green, Scotty Evil, owned an NFT of an of some kind of cartoon ape that he was going to make a series of, and somebody yeah. stole the NFT, so now he can't produce the series. How do you steal an NFT? You probably just. Took it from his hard drive. Ah, you, uh, you, you just you. he hackermans it. Yeah, you, they, they they got crackered. Take a cop. You can copy. You can copy it. Is there no? There's a fucking image. Is there Good no question. Receipt? What Justine? There's a way. There's a there's an easy way around it. I think, obviously, because people are doing it all the time. Is it? There's no receipt anywhere. Like. <laughs> Like in a in a third location, here's your receipt. It's you that have yeah, this. There's supposed to be. Hmm. Wouldn't it great? It wouldn't be great if it's a piece of paper, like that's. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. you have to print it out. And then it's like, what's the point? There it is. It's in a vault box. You know, it's a safety deposit box. It's a piece of paper. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, these kids today with you, you, you millennials today with your Dogecoin and your NFTs and your Kate Bush. Ugh. I'm going to keep bringing that up. Maybe they could do an NFT of Kate Bush. Wow. Yeah, Doja everywhere. Dogecoin. Dogecoin, Yeah. Doja, uh, what's her name? Cat. Tia Terrera. Doja. Tia Tamara. What's her name? Her greatest song. Whatever happened to Tia Doja Cat? Tia Tamara. Oh, I'm thinking of Tia Carrera. <laughs> oh, she was in uh, Wayne's World. Tia and Tamara. I mean, besides Wayne's World, what happened after Wayne's World? She was in uh, True Lies. Say again? She was in True Lies, which is coming up uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. With Charles Nelson, with Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 watching... Uh, Somebody, I was watching all these uh, Dean Martin roasts, and every one of them has got Charlie Calvin. Oh, beautiful. And he's the only one who's funny. Everybody goes up there, and it's kind of dodgy. He goes up there, and it's dead on. <laughs> you know? He'll go up there and do, like, Cary Grant, and then he launches into this just psycho bit. John, he's were really th- Robin Williams before Robin Williams. You know? John, were those televised? Oh, yeah, they were meant to be televised. The, the old... Um, what was it called? The Friars Club roasts were filthy. The original ones from like the 30s and 40s, they were filthy. Those were not televised. That was invite only. The ones they did on TV in the 60s and 70s, Dean Martin, Celebrity Roasts, those were very, very much produced for television. Okay. And so the editing is real kind of screwy. They got a lot of reaction shots, and I always get the feeling that the reaction shots don't match oh, the joke or right. whoever just told the joke. Right, right, right. And that's what distracts me. I go... This looks like it's from last week. It's Orson Welles laughing. I think it's from last week. You know? <laughs> Good old Orson Welles, huh? 
I love Orson Welles, and he's at every one of those. I mean, it was a paycheck. It's like doing those wine commercials. He needs money for his next movie, so he sits there and sort of takes the fat jokes, you know? Don right. Rickles will get up there and do a fat joke, and he's like, all right, just pay me, and I can do it, you know? I wonder if Orson Welles was hanging out with those guys, though. That's weird. That's weird to think. Oh, yeah, he was friends with, he was friends with Dean Martin and those guys, sure. Um, but, uh, you know, doing laughing and sort of suffering the fat jokes... It was, you know, it was beneath him, but it was a steady paycheck, and he always needed to finance the next movie, you know. Let me ask you a question, John. What is the Orson Welles' greatest movie? And then I'll give you the correct answer. Oh, you know, that's one of those, you know, nobody's right. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, I always, you know, everyone says Citizen Kane, but lately um, a lot of people say it's probably Touch of Evil, you know. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock you and... and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you the truth. Orson Welles' greatest movie, Transformers, the movie. So His last movie. There, there you go. His last movie. Mm-hmm. But he didn't direct it. That's cinema. <laughs> that is cinema. What, he played He played like a planet-eating... Uh, yeah, he was a planet. He was a planet. He was a Transformer. That was he was assassin. a planet. See, that's just made for a Johnny Carson <laughs> joke. Oh, playing, typecasting, eh? Playing a planet, huh? <laughs> playing a bridge. Oh, yeah. I was so irritated with that movie. They killed off Optimus Prime in the first 15 minutes, mm. and then we had to have... Is, with, that, is that like non-canon? You know, is that like it, the uh, Doctor Who movie? Is it, it like non-canon? <laughs> it was the... You, you take oh god those that was so irritating. Optimus Prime dies all the time and then he comes back comes back but then they because they wanted to sell Rodimus Prime because they wanted to do like a new phase of new Transformers toy, okay. yeah Hot Rod like it was it was what's his name from uh, Breakfast Club was his voice oh uh, wow Bender what was his name J- Judd Nelson Judd Nelson thank you mm-hmm. thank you Judd Wild mm hmm. He was Rodimus Prime. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. How do you kill off Optimus Prime? It's everyone's it's everyone's hero. Are you kidding me? Uh that just reminded me of uh uh I don't know. We'll we'll shut up. We'll stop. John and I'll stop talking. Kids, what do you have to share? Who saw Kenobi this week? I did. We can finally talk about last week. I didn't get a chance to see last week, so let's talk about last week's. You saw the third one. That was the third. That was the reunion of two old friends. How do you think that was handled? They left it out. What was that, Justine? said hello there. I'll tell you what. Uh, my my initial feelings on the on the on the kid, the way that that they were portraying the kid. Uh, changed. Uh, I thought that was a very good episode last week. Same. Uh, 100% I agree. Yeah, I have. I did a complete 180. Don't fucking hate her anymore. I'm like, okay, she's like getting into the rhythm of it. it right, right. She's like, she's she was very, uh, she's quick on her feet. Uh, she she yeah. got him out of that jam. And what John and I were talking about, what I love is the way they show the, just the stormtroopers, like, what you're seeing, you know, the stormtroopers doing in this show, like standing guard just out in the middle of nowhere, like if there really was a galactic empire, that is 99% of the work they would be doing. Just out in the middle of nowhere, watching droids do work, you know, not a lot of... No, not, not everybody gets to be on the Death Star. <laughs> right, right. And uh, uh, I was also telling John what I loved that scene when they were <coughs> in the back of that little vehicle or whatever. 
and they were questioning obi-wan there was no sympathy when he's when he's like you know well, my wife died and there was no there was oh, yeah. no sympathy there was nothing oh. they didn't try to relate to him in any way they were just uh you know all about they really didn't care about him at first and then one of them did bring up the idea that like hey what did you just say you just called her this but her name and obi-wan was like oh yeah i called her by her mom's name and you know made it very realistic i thought that was a great scene i thought that was very very well done what i don't yeah. understand i have a question and it's weird to be asking this because I, of course, you know, John and I were there at the start of all this, but we have a question about how the, the deep magic was written. Exactly. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't quote the deep magic to me, which, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> that's right. We're quoting Chronicles of Narnia. So, um, I have a quick question about how force choking works. Does Vader have to be able to see them? We know he can do it over great distances because he just does it in in uh, in um, through uh, the transmission thing. Yeah, he so he has, does he have to be able to yeah. does he have to be able to see them because that woman was able to take out thwart his plans and he was just like, eh, well, we'll I'll be back," and then he just turns and walks off. I so I thought about that right right. And at first I was like, well, yeah, that's just fucking dumb. He shoots the stormtrooper and he's just like, well, shit, I can't do nothing. Everything's on fire. Right. Even though he could just go over it, jump it, go walk around, whatever. Or force drag him through. And push air. And or pull him through because he was already pulling him through, right? Right. Blow out or fire. Yeah, or part the fire, right? I'm sure he could do that. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of his revenge to hunt him and to make him suffer not only physically but emotionally and mentally great point patrick and here's what here's what john and i said what i particularly loved about there's two things i loved about it first of all i read an article shortly before i already knew he was going to be on the show and then um hayden christensen said he had to work with someone who who taught him to move like david prouse used to move and it's he mimics him exactly he moves like vader moves you, it's you. It doesn't look like someone else in the suit. Um, they brought James Earl Jones back too. Right, but what yeah, I was telling yeah. John, what I love about it is he's so early on as Vader that he isn't quite the Vader we know yet, <clears throat> and he's just about revenge. It's petty revenge. He's not even trying to make like he's not even trying to make some elaborate plan. It's like no, I'm just going to kill you. I'm going to torture you and kill you for what you did to me. And that's what I loved about that characterization. Because by the time we meet Vader in Star Wars, right, he's a little more, he's Vader by then. He's the Vader we know. What did John say? Empire building, you know. Right. What did you say, John? He's a big picture guy by that time. He's looking at like how it all ties into the the biggest picture. But at this point, he just wants his revenge. Right. The guy that, you know, lost of his limbs, you know. Right. And so that's what I loved about it. You had this. You had the menace of the of the James Earl Jones voice, but he's just like, "I'm just going to kill you." He's fucking pissed. Like, yeah. he wants to make him suffer in any way possible. So that's what it makes me think. Right, right. But I was like, just wondering what you made me. Yeah. I was just wondering why he just didn't turn around and force choke the sniper. Did he not see her? Yeah. Or did he feel yeah, like he's probably? I think he was more focused on his. Uh, and she is it's it's nighttime and she is up there above a you know up on the um, on the hillside there maybe you have to at least make eye contact even if it's through a hologram maybe you do you have know the to helmet see doesn't have really periphery maybe 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe he right was tired. Maybe he was tired. <laughs> he had too much. He had the rona, so he loses his breath pretty easy. Right. He's so tired. He just like, it's like he had COVID or something, right? Space rona. He's getting over it still. So he's like, you know what? I'm going home. Let's go home and take a nap. <laughs> I really enjoyed that episode. I thought that it was really well done, and I loved the lightsaber scene. The mm-hmm. fight with them is fantastic. Yeah. It, yeah. I am happy with the way that came out because the way they did the lighting, it's very dark and you just see the colors. Like, it's different for what we've typically seen for lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's been a well-lit room and you can see, like, this was just pure dark and darkness. Yeah. It was really cool. It was well done. Well, you had that a little right. bit. I don't think they've ever done that before. In The Force Awakens, they fought in the dark in the snow. Hmm. A little bit, yeah. I do this is like night this is like nighttime, yeah. I do have one gripe. I I am I'm upset with the Inquisitors. Because they're all basically the same shade of evil, right? Angry, grumpy, conniving, trying to, you know, take place uh in, in the group and they're all grubbing for power, right? And they're very very similar each one, so there's not like variations in you know the shittiness of uh, what it is to be an evil person. Well, the, the, except the third sister. The third sister seems like she's got an agenda. I think Mario's got a theory on that. Yeah, she seems to having a personal agenda against Obi Wan. I don't disagree with that, but it, it's not necessarily her motivations. It's more of the way they portray it, right? Mm-hmm. It's too similar, huh? It's all just like I'm angry. I beached it up. They're all doing the Kylo Ren. I get right. angry. I bash my helmet in the elevator, and you all just get to see me throw hands. Except for the other sister, who just seems content are, uh, to. Are any of them in the? Um, is one of those guys like it from the animated shows? The one that looks like he's wearing a. Um, they're all from like the animated shows. The, they're all in the. Okay, you. Even the Grand Inquisitor. <clears throat> they all started out in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even the third sister. Uh, I don't think they name anyone other than the uh, by name. Well, they they name them, but I don't think there's. I know the the fifth brother is is in I think he's in the cartoons in the Grand Inquisitor mm. <clears throat> but they don't really go into them in depth I don't think uh I think they're just like mm. they're just kind of pursuers they're kind of generic villains in the show What's your theory Mario you think that maybe the third sister is a youngling and she's angry that they she all are perceived that he was uh they all are yeah, that he left her. They're all. They were all. They were the kids that survived Order sixty six. They got out of the temple, and they. They were all younglings. I think the Grand Inquisitor, the one, uh, was originally like a guard in the temple. I think that's his story. Mm-hmm. But, but they were low level. I don't think they were full Jedi. I don't think he was a full Jedi. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, uh, the only thing that bothered me, I told John about this, is that it's all starting. It's hard to look intergalactic on a TV budget, so they, it just looks like this was shot, like that fight scene was shot in Irwindale somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah that's <clears throat> just a problem with anything that's made for TV mm-hmm. episodic like this, right? right. But uh, without it, giving it, anything away, wouldn't you say uh, that this fourth one didn't yes. look like TV? It looked like a movie. Agree. Yeah, because of where it was set. Yeah. But I, I understand Mario's perspective from the... Yeah. Well, it also like looked weird. It also yeah. looked weird because it's like you're out in like the middle of basically what looks like a desert. Not a desert, but like somewhere. Yeah. Like the Santa Monica Mountains. Gravel pit. So yeah, you're in a yeah. gravel pit. What do you... you Vader can't just walk around the fire. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird. It's like, yeah. oh, there's fire in between. That seemed like the least of all the things we've seen in the Star Wars universe. Fire never seems to be a, like, it's never something that's been a threat before. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can't go through the fire. It's like, well. The only thing I can think of is that he, after the way he lost his limbs, he doesn't want to be anywhere near fire. Maybe. He's not going to walk through it, even with the, even with the suit on. Oh, it's like the hound. He's like the hound. No, of- fire is good. Well, if you had your limbs burned off by hot lava, you even with a suit on, you may not want to walk through a wall of flames. That's true. That's true, John. That's true. Then how, would, how comfortable would he feel about using it as his torture method? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like well, true. True, he'd rug him through because he wants him to feel the same pain he felt. Yeah, it's crazy. And just look how scarred up he is. We're getting a real good look at how scarred up. Whatever's left of his body is pretty scarred up. And apparently, well, yeah, that was weird when they were putting him together. That was a cool scene when they when they when they put the mm. suit back on him. But uh, you know, I guess if you're if you're a Jedi and you're not in training, I guess you lose your. I guess you lose some of your edge. I I I, I thought that that you were just I you know, I never thought about that. But Obi Wan hasn't been fighting. You have to keep working at it. Yeah, he hasn't been fighting for ten years, so he's out of shape. A lot of his stuff has to do more with PTSD than anything else. Maybe I think he's. I think he's more affected by because Jedi are not supposed to love, and you can definitely tell he loved Anakin, right? Right. So there's there's definite guilt, and I think that's probably causing more issues than uh, uh, anything else. He feels like he's let people down. He feels like a shell, a shell of a man. He's living in a cave. And, yeah, the scene that really got me is when he says, I'm not the man, you know, you think I am. I'm not the man you're looking for. You know, I'm not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he's meditating? Oh, that was good. Yeah. When is Qui-Gon going to show up? I think he'll show up. I th- so this is my theory for the end of the, end of the season, or season, because I don't know if they're going to do more after this. Uh, I think he will be like in a post credit scene he'll show up as like you know him finally being able to connect you think I it's going to a- turn up as a uh, I think he's going to turn up as a force ghost and say I'm a Jedi with a very specific set of skills <laughs> I will hunt you down and I will kill you <laughs> you think so and they're going to call it taken the force awakens uh, who's your favorite uh, of all the Jedi You think of all the Jedi who have ever lived? Yes, just, I, I'm not thinking he's the most powerful, but I think that's the one I connect to. I, whether it's Alec Guinness or Ewan McGregor, that's the guy I'm interested in what's going on okay. with. Okay. Patrick, who's your favorite Jedi? Oh, it's always been Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Jake? Um, I like Kit Fisto. I knew you were going to say that. Why not? Because why not? I knew you were going to say that, but there's really no basis for you to like him. You just like saying the name because it's slightly yeah. dirty. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you know me so well. I do. He is Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> Justine, who is your favorite Jedi of all time? Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. There you go. Not one of you said Luke Skywalker. I got to go Luke. Luke's my boy. He's so whiny. Yeah, he is, but he, be- ah! but he becomes. Not anymore. <laughs> he becomes. Not anymore. He I mean, I was thinking about it too, like with the last episode. Luke is definitely Padme's kid, whereas Leia is definitely Vader's kid. 
They're like similarities. Personal. Oh yeah, like that's kind of true. Goes out, is actionable, takes risks, stuff like that. And he's very uh, reserved. He, yeah, Leia takes after the Vader side of. Uh, oh yeah. Of Anakin. Well, he takes it. She takes after her mom Martin, too. Didn't we, didn't we know somebody? Uh, oh um, yeah, Princess Abazaba. Queen, Queen Abba Zaba. Abba. Amadala. Or we could just call Amadala. her Padme. You're like you're like you're like say it right. Mm-hmm. It's Amadala. Ramalamadingdong. Yeah, Abazaba. Didn't we know someone what, John? Uh didn't we know somebody that said that really uh one way of looking at the whole Star Wars uh, saga is that it's Obi Wan's story, that he's the through line of whether he's alive or not. He's pretty much the through line just as much as Luke is. Or the, or the, droids. Or the droids. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, that, yeah, maybe. I mean, except he dies, so he's not in. Except he dies. He's nowhere to be found in the Disney tr- trilogy, so. That's true. He doesn't come back as the glowing blue. Uh, boy, the you know what's funny is the the more what's funny is the more Disney sets this stuff in the this era, uh, yeah. the less uh, the less compelled you are to watch anything past the original trilogy. You know, you can watch the prequels and then the, you know, the first six are really kind of, there's really nothing compelling you to watch anything beyond the newest ones. Yeah. They need to time in. They need to do something after a series of them after the fall of the empire, but before. Right. See, I would love to see that. that I want to see stuff on like a, on like a a galactic level. I want to see things like, That's what I loved about the Mandalorian was that you got these glimpses of what life was like mm-hmm. after the Empire fell. Because, I mean, that is what the Mandalorian is. Right? Yeah, like, that's where we're that's at. true. So I mean, but you're not. It's not quite first order times, I mean, and you, I, you're kind of seeing that bridge better, right? Like I agree 100. percent Like it needs to come closer together. Right. And the thing is that you know, like we've talked about, this is never meant to be anything beyond. George Lucas never knew it was going to be anything beyond one movie. And here we are adding all this stuff to it. So, you know, you have to give that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, the whole idea is that past that three, he had a, a rough idea of if he could do two more. I don't think he ever had a plan for more than the first three. Right. And, and he picked the one that had the most action. He said, if I got to do one, it's my shot. I'll, I'll pick the one that's got the most action. You know? Right, 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 right. He always denies that he had a plan beyond, you know. Uh, he's, he said different things in different interviews. One time he said he never thought beyond three, and then he's, other interviews he said he never thought beyond six but whatever it was he kind of picked the one where there was the most going on right smack in the middle right of the story and um i i'm not compelled i i've never felt like i needed to watch those last three again there's just nothing in them that compels me to go back and watch when you think about you know those first three movies it just uh you want to go back you want to revisit those characters do you like the you know, i mean the dialogue. i can tell you two reasons why you would want to watch it? Kylo, uh, pepperoni nipples. Is that what you're about to say? Left and right. <laughs> Two pepperoni. <laughs> I think I like that. Away from the most recent movies is definitely that they do a really good job with their fight scenes, making them very cinematographic, and you're you're drawn into them. Like the fight within the throne room, right? Like there are, you know, the fights uh, in the woods. There are some really good fight scenes in those movies. You know the technical end is as uh, amazing. I, yeah. The uh, all you're right. All the uh, all the duels and all the stuff with the ships. 
Yeah. Anything that's technological, they're doing a great job. You're right. It looks very beautiful. It really suffers from a multiple director syndrome, and it's kind of hard to not only that. Not only that, I watched a I watched a thing about uh, there's a there's like I gotta find the I'll send you guys the videos. But the guy who breaks down the trilogies very very well, and what he was saying also is just the way they're shot. They're not shot like Star Wars movies. Star Wars movies are all done in a very linear fashion, and every every scene leads you. Like if you think of the first Star Wars, you're on the ship. The droids lead you to the Tatooine. Which leads you to Luke, which leads you to Ben, which leads you to Han, which leads you to the Death Star and Princess Leia. So everything's introduced. That's, Lucas. that's George Lucas. Yeah. For people that get all angry at him, that's the stuff that works. And you go, that's George Lucas's hand. And then you're right. You watch these other ones and you go, this is not leading me into the next scene. Right. Well. Right. <clears throat> they, they, they're a little, compelling me to watch. Right. They're a little more meandering. And so they, they do... They also don't. They also don't seem to know what to do with the characters. It's very obvious that there's a lot of backpedaling, and they don't know what to do from movie to movie. You know, the, for me, the the second one was the most interesting, that the Last Jedi. But they don't. It seems like they spend so much time sort of like reshuffling and backpedaling, and they just don't know what to do with these characters. Right. And it shows. So right. The audience is like, ah, eh, they're just making this up as they go along. <laughs> that did feel. It felt like it was made up. It felt like it was it was made up as you went along because you got the sense that at least at the start that maybe Ray and Finn were gonna fall in love or something like that, and then they brought in Rose yeah. and Rose was a great character, and then they dumped her. They did they didn't know what to do with her, or because yeah. maybe because of Again, backlash, I think, I think it people has to were do dicks. With the multiple directors, I think they yeah. chose to go different directions. And well, it, just, it doesn't make a cohesive story. People are mad, and maybe but Disney too. You know, Disney's got a hand in it too. I think. They have too much to say about it. Like, oh, that's not working. We need, you know, that's not, you know, fans don't like that. Oh, can't make a toy out of that. I think they just have too much influence. Right. That's definitely true. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a lot of people are gonna be mad at this. I like the Last Jedi, and I also kind of like that Ryan Johnson threw a wrench in it because it was J.J. Abrams knows how to make movies that look like Star oh, Wars. Like, fucking great. Like, he makes yeah, Star Trek look like the, like the Star Trek movies are great because they look like Star Wars, right? And the, yeah, the new yeah. the new ones are great. They don't, they're not always very Star Trek-y, but they look great. They're a lot of fun. It's a fun cast. Uh, very, very well done. Um, and I think it's because Paramount let them kind of do whatever they wanted to do. Disney's not going to let you do that with Star Wars. So they had to be a little more, more, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more rigid. Star Wars, <laughs> right? I think if you would have had Ab- Abrams do the whole trilogy, but what happened was the the Last Jedi was so poorly received that Disney had to. They're like, we're sorry, we're sorry. So Rise of Skywalker <laughs> I is the, last Jedi. The, the. I love the Last Jedi. I thought it was great. I thought they took some chances. Yeah, I thought it looked it, great. I thought there I was like some. That it forced the story to actually right be like a big enigma the whole time like who's lord snow like who gives a fuck just you know like let's move on yeah we're killing and snow it was original it was the one that had some original ideas oh, really. and by far the best fight scene that was not actually a fight what was that uh when it's luke versus kylo uh, oh you're talking about oh you're talking oh yeah 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 people were mad at that oh luke wouldn't be a dick yes he would he he, he literally 
He literally <laughs> tried to restart the Jedi, and it was, it, you know, it, it all collapsed. Of course he's bitter. Of course. I love it. Luke wouldn't be a dick. Luke wouldn't be a dick. Well, yeah. And went in and killed them all. So how, would, how jaded and bitter would you be? Right. I thought it was great. I love it. I will defend it to the end. That scene in the in the throw room with uh, with Ray and Kylo Ren is that's amazing. Definitely my favorite. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah, if you had to sit through one, that's the one you could sit through again. Yeah, uh, Rise of Skywalker. I saw once. I don't feel the need to ever see it again. Uh, I don't understand. Terrible way to go out. If that's the last of the nine, that's a terrible way to go out. Yeah. Well, hey, guess what? Good old Chevy is back. I've, I've been here the whole time. It's like we haven't even heard of you. Nobody in this, <laughs> nobody, nobody in this trilogy's ever heard of you. Like, why? What do you mean? What do you mean you're back? <laughs> Palp- Palpatine's granddaughter. What? What? Uh, it doesn't make any Baby sense. Maybe granddaughter will. Yeah. Why stop trying to make it family? Dude, they did that once in Empire, and it worked. It worked once. Yeah. That's a, that's exactly as many times as you can make it work. One time. Because otherwise, you see it coming. Oh, that's probably. So, so and so's kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, not everybody has to be related. I don't know. Okay, that's it. So watch Obi Wan; it's a good series. <laughs> Justina, what are you watching? Severance. Yep, with Adam Scott. And then I'm catching up on Stranger Things, but I just have one episode. Do you see uh, Adam Scott's penis in Severance? Have I seen what? Have you seen Adam Scott's penis in Severance? Uh, no, I don't think I've even seen him change his clothes yet. What? It's actually a really weird show. Have you, you know what it's about? Uh, no, I, I want to see it. Is it good, though? I think it's better if you just don't know and just watch it. Yeah, I, I don't want to know anything about it going in. I've heard it's great, though. Yeah. How about Succession? No? Uh, Succession, I stopped watching. Why? I only watched season one. It's a lot. You have to really pay attention. Oh, <laughs> that's it. It's not an easy <laughs> show to just let it play while you're doing something else. No, no, that's not what... No, 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 no. Why would you do that? No, no, no. You sit and you watch. And you No, no, no. You pay attention. People what do you have, think these two boys are doing right now? People have put work <laughs> into it. Ooh, man. Thank right you. into the... Right under the butt. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I play a lot of Call of Duty, and in a four-man squad, there's always one or two players that you have to carry across the finish line. And John and I are going to run point, and we're going to carry these guys across the finish line every week. Sometimes we have helpers. Kills, bro. I'm not here to. I'm not here to capture. I'm not here to get tagged. Your, no. your KDR is terrible. I'm just telling you that right That's now. That's my focus. I got to get it up to a 1.2, okay? John and I are going to carry you to a win. We're going to carry you across. We're going to get you into that final circle. You're going to be okay. I'm going to come in clutch when I need to. John, did you take advantage of the uh, Call of Duty with uh, King Kong and Godzilla? Oh, yeah, that was. No, it, what was that? You were you running around playing Call of Duty, but in the background, King Kong and Godzilla were running around fighting, and they would. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could interact and with them. Piss them off. Sometimes they get your. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It was fun. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good stuff. Justine, how about you? What else are you? Uh, what else are you? What else should we be watching? Justine, Severance, Obi Wan, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. 
hot ones. Are you watching your new dinosaur show yet? Yes, I am. It's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. What is it called? Prehistoric Planet. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it David Attenborough narrating? The yeah. young triceratops mm-hmm. is full of life, yep. but there's danger near. It's fun. It's fun to watch them because they'll they get new information every year, mm-hmm. and they do it once every so many years, and so you get new information. Technology's better, so it's better CGI. Uh huh. It looks so fucking realistic. It's insane. But doesn't that? I mean, the fact that scientists just change their mind all the time doesn't that just prove that they don't know what they're talking about? You know, it's kind of an indication of uh, growth and uh, realizing is there is always the pursuit of knowledge, and the more you pursue, the more you find out, and so opinions will adjust and change and grow and develop as more facts are unturned. Yep, and you realize that uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex is a big chunky, big chunky dinosaur. I just wish that scientists would make up their minds. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I was misled by all those uh, paleontologists. Mm-hmm. They told us Pluto was real. At first they told us they were lizards, and now they're telling us they're birds. How yeah. can I trust science? Exactly. I know. Last year they said they were, yeah, they said T Rex was a chicken. Now they're saying. Yeah, I'm done with scientists. Yeah. It was round, now it's flat. The flat earthers. Well, three conspiracy theorists. Three conspiracy theorists walk into a bar. And if you ask me, that's too much of a coincidence. Thank you. Hey, hey, I like that. Hey, how's that? I like that. How's that, huh? I'll be, I'll be using that. That was so funny. Thank you. I like it. That's pretty good. I overheard a conversation where uh, this couple was defending Elon Musk, and the girl was like, "I think he's probably the greatest human being on earth." She said this unironically. I think he's probably the greatest human being on earth, and the guy who was arguing with her actually had valid points until I just started to go. I'm like, yeah, get her. Get her, dude. And then all of a sudden the guy goes, yeah, because you know why? You know, it's, uh, you, you know, you, you think, what did he say? He said, you really think he does all those things? You really think he wears like 20 hats and does all those things? He can't because I forgot what it was. He started spitting it off into this theory that as soon as he said, well, have you heard of the Rothschild family? I'm like, oh, God, here we go, dude. Here we go. It's like, oh, you were making such valid points, dude. Now, now you're going to spin off. He's not even really the, the protocols of Zion. Yeah. Yeah. He's not really, he's not even that wealthy. You know who's really running things? I'm like, oh, God, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Have you heard of yeah. the Pentaverit? Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Have you watched the episode of that? No. Oh. How is it? Um, I couldn't finish the first episode, but I wanted to. I just couldn't. You're a, lo- you're a big Mike Myers guy. I know, and I couldn't finish it. I'll give it another try. It was just really difficult. But I am in Mike Myers? interviews on different podcasts right now. It's very interesting. What's that? So what is it? Uh, what's this? I missed it. What's his uh, thing? 
Mike Myers lately. He has a show called Pentaveret, which I believe was mentioned in I Married a Max Murderer, right? I never saw that movie. I love that movie. Um, it's just a bunch of... They're, it's a bunch of old men. Should I say white men? I think they are. Old white men. That it's the shadow government. Running mm. the world. And then they are trying to recruit... Is his name Keel? No. Yeah. No, it's the other guy. The Peel? No, it's the other guy. Key? Keegan. Yes. Keegan Michael Keys. That's all right. So it's a show. It's a. Yes, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. All the characters. It's kind of like watching um, Nutty Professor. Oh, where he plays all the. Prof- all mm-hmm. Yeah, it was part that was kind of turned off by. I was like, meh. I don't, I don't need to see him doing every character. Like, you know, hire some fresh people. He hasn't done anything in a long time. It's been a long time since Mike Myers had a project. Yeah. So you're uh, enjoying it? Love Guru was the last thing you did? I was just going to say, Justine's favorite is the Love Guru. Probably did, like, Shrek 7 or something. Oh, I forgot he was doing the voice of Shrek, yeah. Uh, but as far as live action... I think the Love Guru was the last thing he did. And that bomb. Mm. When something bombs that badly, then they never come back. What are you talking about? Freaking Adam Sandler bounces back every time. Because he produces. Because Adam Sandler just doesn't give a fuck. Um, He produces his own stuff, you know. Bohemian Rhapsody, and then he was was the manager. Hitler in a movie. I just forgot what movie. Ah. Hitler, huh? He was in. Uh, he was a British guy in um, *Inglorious Bastards*. That's right. He was, and he was, You couldn't even tell it was him because he did it straight and he had some makeup on. Um, he was the one that was introducing Rod Steiger as uh, Winston Churchill, I think. Right. That's right. You were asking me. You know his life. I'm asking Mario. That's <laughs> right. Don't ask me. I don't know his life. Um, but yeah, what was it? He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. I guess he was their first manager, right? The one that they. Uh, no, they, he he's the one that said their music wasn't gonna like make it. I forgot he didn't yeah. like. You'll um, ne- you Rhapsody. guys will never make it in the. In the, a, the he was at a. They were, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's right. He says nobody's ever heard of what this stuff is, and I guess he must have been like a record company executive or something. Yeah. Well, there you have it. He's still working. <laughs> yeah, it's a show. He plays every every role. So it looks, uh, it's one of those shows. I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty, it's hard to watch. Are, are, I'm here, I'm said, playing this reporter who's trying to uncover it all. Um, 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. I want him to be more silly and I would like it more, but... Not silly enough. Yeah. Mm, it's too on the real, real. Can't you be a little sillier? Yeah, I want that Canadian humor in there. It is Canadian. Can you be silly? Oh, listen to this. Don't be like you were. Listen to the Debbie Mazar is in it. Uh, There's a lot of people in it. Ken Jong. It is uh, Canadian, though. It is a Canadian show. Yeah, 
you get you, there's two great Canadian shows. You get Shit's Creek and you get uh, SCTV, and that's it. Oh no, mm. there's Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny's Canadian. They're great. What is that? Uh, it's a Canadian show. It's funny. Kids in the Hall was that Canadian? Oh yeah, Kids in the Hall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's no really, it's, uh, it's, it's no SCTV, really but it's, you know it's good. Uh, I always remember that uh, <laughs> from um, Kids in the Hall. There was a great sketch where the guy is, uh, he comes home and he's playing his answering machine messages and it's all these women. They're just like, hey, uh, I had such a great time. Uh, and it just keeps escalating. It's all, it's like very, and by the end, it's like a cheerleading squad going, you are the best at SEX. <laughs> 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 so, I always remember that one. <laughs> good stuff. <clears throat> good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Good old fashioned comedy. Canadian comedy. Uh John, favorite Canadian of all time. Oh uh hell, I don't know. Um John Candy. Yeah, that's the correct answer. That is the correct answer. Justine, I knew you were going to say that. Also would have accepted uh, Wayne Gretzky or <laughs> William Shatner. Alanis Morissette. Nope. No. No. <laughs> would you no. Have, would you have accepted Neil Young? No. I said Bill, Bill Shatner would be up there. Bill Shatner. Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah. Michael J. is in it. Michael Bubbles. Oh yeah, boobs. Michael Bubble. Boobs. Michael Bubble. Boobs is Canadian. I forgot about that. I, love, I like Michael Bubble. Yep. And how about Christopher Plummer? The Rock is Canadian. Donald Sutherland. Oh yeah. Um, These are all good Canadians. Green. Nope. Tommy Chong. <laughs> uh, and you know Elon Musk. I forgot Tommy Chong was Canadian. That's how. No, Elon Musk is South African. Thomas Chung. Elon Musk is from South Africa. He made all his money on, he's made all his cougarans on apartheid money. Yeah, I said it. Hey, it's, it's, it's a little bit late, but we're going to run a quick break. And uh, we will be right back after these massages. Massages? Ugh. Be right back. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We just had a break, long break. We have an ant problem in the house. Ants. Uh, John, what is worse uh, than uh, um, than ants in your on your piano? Ants in your pants. What? Is, what was that? Ants in your plants, 1939. Yeah. What's worse than ants what on your piano? Uh, two lips on an organ. I don't know. No, crabs on your organ. Hey, Hi. how you doing? Hey. Hey. What's better than roses on an organ? Yeah, roses on a piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. All right. All right. I got it backward. I got the whole punchline backward. All right. <laughs> 
It sounds like you're doing Sydney Green Street shrunk down to ants. All right. It's time to talk about uh, this week's movie from the Digital Movie Club. What do you guys think? What did you guys think of this one? Let's talk about it. We're going to find out. Uh, It's a foreign film. We haven't done many foreign films here. Uh, Not really a foreign film, but a film has a foreign feel to it. Shot uh, part of it in Mexico. Uh, It's a movie that launched the career of uh, a notorious director uh, here in... uh, Would would you consider... John, would you consider... How would you describe the career of Robert Rodriguez? Well, he's a peer. Uh, his peer group is Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino. Right, 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 right. So he's one of the first, one of the first independents. Right. And the guy that showed—I mean, this was made for what seven thousand? I think it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's the most profit ever made for so little money. It cost seven thousand to make. No, ruin it, John. That's my surprise question for the day. Oh. Yeah, you can edit that out, right? <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. We'll go. Anyway, uh, I think uh, I got one job, John. No, I, uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so you know, you'd have. I always think of him in, in terms of that group. You know, Kevin Smith and uh, Quentin Tarantino, people that came up doing uh, low budget movies, with, making them, you know, full of ideas. Well, I'll tell you what. Great, I'll tell you, you know, what I would consider. Money. I wouldn't consider Robert Rodriguez a great director, like on the level of a John Ford or Orson Welles. But his movies are always fun. His movies are fun yeah. to watch. You know you're going to go watch a, and have a good time, and you're going to see some stuff done with cinematography, or there's going to be jokes that, uh, you know, you, you know the way things are, certain things are shot, or you know, um, and it doesn't does not take himself seriously at all. Um, no. And he's done a lot of different he stuff. He's done a lot of different stuff. So, and he gave the world machete. So, uh, let's go ahead and break this down. This I is mean- his. This, that alone. <laughs> right. This was his first, this was a directorial debut, and as you said, it was shot for a, 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 a shoestring, on a shoestring budget. Patrick, why don't you go ahead and take his way and tell us about El Mariachi. Uh, and for those of you who don't know Spanish, El Mariachi translates to the Mariachi. mariachi. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, released in the U.S. on February 26, 1993. Uh, got a 6.8 on IMDb, a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, ran an hour and 21 minutes, with a budget of $7,000. This is the prequel to Desperado. What do you guys think it made uh, worldwide? I'm going to say $5 bucks. I think I'm, I'm going to duck. I'm not going to say because I think I know the answer. I'll say I'll say three million. Justine, mm, I'm gonna say forty thousand. Wow, <laughs> forty thousand. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh, this grossed worldwide two million dollars. Oh, nice. A smash hit as Mass. Two million, man. Uh, but unfortunately, the closest without going over is still Justine. <laughs> Justine uh, obviously loved this movie, so we're gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to talk to Justine uh, about what is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. Very. Uh, so let's keep that in mind when we're discussing. Uh, Where did you see this first, Mario? I saw it on video. Saw it on video. I heard about it. Uh, I think Sis- Siskel and Ebert reviewed it. 
uh, and uh, it you know it got a lot of buzz when it came out because it was you know so I couldn't wait for it to hit video because there was nowhere to find it, and uh, you know the the theatrical release came and went pretty quickly, <clears throat> and it was kind of like art you know only art houses were showing it you know it wasn't like it was getting like the new art probably right yeah. it wasn't getting. You know, and the suburbs of LA are not the places to see a movie like this. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> so <clears throat> you know, I, I saw it on video, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, it has its limitations. It looks like it was shot for seven thousand dollars, but <laughs> it tells a good, it tells a great story, and it tells a, it tells that story well. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it tells that story well. So had anyone seen, uh, now obviously I'm sure some of you have seen uh, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And uh, Desperado is kind of like the Evil Dead 2 of the series in that it sort of retells the story in a different way. Um, it's like he had money. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So he kind of goes back and establishes the character of uh, yeah. of the uh, of the mariachi. And then... Uh, but who had seen this before? Had anyone aside from John and myself seen this movie? I hadn't seen it before. What, John? I've seen it before, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time. So okay. Uh, All right. Jake? Never seen it. Never. Jake has never have seen have you seen Desperado or Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Uh no. Okay, so none of this makes sense to you. Oh, you are in for a treat, my friend. You are in for a treat. Oh. You were in for a treat, yeah. and that and, and the name of that treat is Salma Hayek. The name of that treat mm. is Desperado. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Nesonex. Nesonex is. Uh, he's he's not in Desperado. But he is in Once Upon a Time Mexico. Mm, Desperado's the best of them all, so that's the one we're really going to focus on. Mm, good. So. Yeah, but um, he was still in it. hmm <laughs> I don't know. Are you a, a Johnny Depp fan, Justine? Um, a lot of the movies I like, he's in it. Yeah. Except for any sequels, really. <laughs> like all the pirate movies. <laughs> you, I you? can't say I've seen a lot of sequels of his, but I've seen a lot. Of well, he doesn't do a lot of sequels. Just the I think the Pirates movies are the only ones where he did yeah, a sequel. Yeah, that might be it, yeah. Harry Potter one. Harry doing Harry Potter. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, by the way, did anyone see uh, Maverick? It's he getting rave reviews and it's huge. No. It's not. Gone to theaters. Maverick. Top Gun. You mean Top Gun Maverick? Justine has seen Top Gun. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I've seen it and Jay Ellis is in this film, so I definitely want to see it. It's Who's so Jay good. Ellis? What's Jay Ellis? <laughs> what is Jay Ellis? Yes. It's a guy. What? What's a Jay Ellis? He was in. Um, he was in Insecure, the show. Ah. What's Insecure? Uh, me. Okay. It's that feeling. It's that feeling you get. What? <laughs> How can I explain what love is? It was love? a. It was. I guess you would. Insecure was what. It was a dramedy. I guess you could call it on HBO. I forgot the name of the young lady who stars in it. Ah, dramedy. Lisa Ray. Yes. Mm. I never saw the show, but the previews always look funny. You never watch. It's so good. I mean, it is. I. It's definitely for 
for women, but it's so good. Yeah, I've heard it's great. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things about it. You know who else is in that? Your boy, John Hamm. No. You're not a, Jan- not Han- boy. You're not a John Hamm fan, huh? Oh, you mean in Top Gun? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I also know that they had to use a. He's also in the um, the commercials for with Flo. Oh yeah, I just saw him. He's gonna be on. Uh, he's he's in the next series of. Um, uh, I think he's gonna is he on? He's gonna be on Fargo. I think he's in the next season of Fargo. My man John Hamm. Um, I love Fargo. I wonder if they're going back in time, like like how they did the mafia in the last season. Uh, okay, but back to uh, anyway. I, I know they had to do. I read an article. They had to do. They had to AI Val Kilmer's voice in Maverick because mm. he can't speak anymore because he has throat cancer, which is it's terrible. Did, did you watch his documentary? No, I want to though. It's good. Does it talk about him being Nick Rivers in yeah. uh, in uh, Top Secret? <laughs> That's sad. That's sad. That's sad. Okay, Pico, let's go. Let's talk about uh, El Mariachi, though. We di- we digress. I just meant to ask you guys at the top of the show if anyone had seen Maverick, but uh, you, like me, are boycotting the theaters until things are much better. All right. Who's that? Who said that? I know. I'm not boycotting the theaters. <laughs> no, just too lazy to go. Uh, just avoiding them until, unless it's something worth catching. I can watch Maverick at home and be okay. Uh, let's talk about it. Jake, El Mariachi, give us your thoughts, your breakdown. Break down the movie for us, Jake, first of all. Let's break it down. So, it's about... Oh, God, I need, let me, I need to remember the character names. El Mariachi. There's, uh, there's, uh, there's El Mariachi, who... Um, what, Hitman... I think that's screwed over by the gang leader. That's Azul. Uh, uh, Azul. Yeah. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he wear blue? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So then um, he tries to get revenge. Mm-hmm. On Moco. Uh, and then uh, El Moco. Azul get, tries to get a hit on Moco. Um, and there so happens to be another mariachi guy with the same description. So he ends up trying. He ends up getting uh, sent guy sent after him instead. Mm-hmm. And he's trying. And then he's trying to. He's trying to seduce uh, Azul's uh, loafer. Azul's wife. wife? Mm-hmm. No. Wife? Peace. No. Not Azul. No. Mocha. Mocha. You have Mocha and Azul confused. Mocha's the white guy. I do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Asul is the guy that with the Asul is the guy that works okay, like yeah. looks like he works at, the, at a tire shop, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Azul has the leather vest. Yeah, yes, Mo, yeah, Moko's Moko's wife, the mariachi, the other guy, the other mariachi tries to seduce her. There's like a love thing going. Between. It's not his wife. He's not trying to seduce her though. They just fall in love. Yeah, yeah if anything, he's love. seducing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Yep, yep. And she put she has a she has a knife at her at his dick. <laughs> it's not a knife. <laughs> it's, it's not a knife. knife. 
It's not a money. The mail opener. Nice. Yeah, somebody's what, gonna say, "What is a letter opener but a slightly dull knife?" <laughs> and then, I don't think it was at his dick. I think he was pointing at his grundle. Mm, I see. I see. That's even worse. Now um, somebody's gonna say, "Jake, did you see this movie?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It was his that, wife. That not his wife. <laughs> this bathtub. That's how. Azul gets mad, and then, but like tries to go kill Moko. And then the other mariachi guy comes Wait, on in. Why did get mad? Jake, you could have just said it's about a guy, a mariachi who gets confused for another guy who's a hitman, and no, you no, know. No. I, want you to know I, want you to I I get it. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. I love yeah. that. All, I saw the movie and I'm confused. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Patrick, what was it like? Were you- and Moko at the end, Moko shoots the mariachi in the hand, then he gets revenge on him. At the very end. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! First of all, and then he and then he walks off into the sunset with a. You with definitely a, didn't watch the movie a, then. Full up. <laughs> and a turtle. Because and the turtle were just cruising through and through the street, and the pit walking bull. through life, and the motorcycle, and the, oh, the and pit bull, tied to the back of the motorcycle, <laughs> and a letter opener, and a press letter, and a press letter. Now his uh, Punisher symbol on the front of his motorcycle. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see the Batman license plate? <laughs> From the yellow cord. Nope. <laughs> Love it. Shake, you missed so much. Uh. <laughs> This really does look like it was shot. Uh, they just—it it looks like they were just like those guys running. And what's funny, you have the, the you have Moko, and then you have the main guy that's running around for uh, for Moko, the guy in the plaid shirt. Everybody has a just a absolutely chingon macho mustache in this movie. Everybody's got like a crazy Yeah, the, but the, you get the guy the the main he's the main one of the henchmen, and he's got like the plaid shirt and the he wears the aviators. Yeah. And again, just looks like a dude that you would see, you know, working in like a, yeah, like he's working like, you see him working like a tire shop or a muffler shop or something, you know, and. Uh, I'm convinced that the lady in charge of the prison is just his mom or something. You know who? That was a real, that was a real prison guard. They, they said those two people to save money, they just got at the real people working the prison. <laughs> What's crazy is that jail looks, that's probably like a real jail. And it just looks like a, it, is. it looks like a building out in the middle of nowhere. Like, here you go. And the, the two people in that jail, they said, we're going to save some money instead of actors. We're just going to get these two people that really work in the jail. So the old lady working the door, she's really working there. <laughs> that's crazy. The other guy also really worked there. Uh, the, the one weird thing about this is the girl that, uh, Moko has the one you always see in the bikini uh-huh. that doesn't say much. I think that's Robert Rodriguez's sister. I think uh-huh. so. It's kind of weird. It's like, why? What? I don't. Uh. But it was a money saving thing. I, I'm sure you've heard all the stories. Everything he did to save money, no costumes, you wear what you got. And no dolly. We're going to have a guy holding a camera in a wheelchair and we just roll him around. Everything was to save money. It's ingenious how he was able to right, save money. On right, 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 right. Uh, he hired that whole band in the cantina with the ca- with the Casio keyboard. That was great. <laughs> That's always my favorite scene. That's always my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Scene. Guy puts yeah. on the sombrero. <laughs> yeah. 
so Jake, what did you think having never having seen this or not even knowing what it was about? Did you come away with a positive? Uh, what did you think? I mean, because it's low, but it's super low budget. So that's the first thing that's going to. That's the first thing that's like going to stick out of you. It's shot in the hands. Oh, it's like less than clerks. This had to cost less than clerks. Like, <laughs> they just rub ketchup on his hand. He's like, ah, and you see it, and just clearly no, they didn't even try it. But yeah, it was it was fine. What? It's it very it's cheesy. It's so cheesy. What do you mean? Cheesy? What do you mean it was fine? It's fine. <laughs> if only you know what this precludes, Jake. Yeah, maybe Jake. Maybe maybe if we had watched that. We will. Desperado Desperado's later. You, you oh, it's later? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why why is this one why then why is this is chronological. This one came out first. Yeah. Dang. I thought you were gonna say chronological. And off the and off the success of this movie he was able to get uh Desperado finance. And you have to remember, Desperado was the movie that introduced the the world to my wife, comma Selma Hayek. So let's yeah. really. Antonio Banderas, it introduced you to that. Oh, who doesn't love an Antonio Banderas? I already know. I already know. <laughs> he banged her ass. You know who doesn't mind Selma Hayek? What's that? She doesn't mind. Uh, Antonio Banderas is a handsome dude, and then he turns up in Spy Kids with. Uh, Who's the wife in Spy Kids? It's uh, she's also. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he did them all. He did them all. Did all three, and then who does he? And then who does he make the grandpa in Spy Kids too? That's right, Ricardo Montalban, dude. That's right. You gotta love Robert. How come everyone's seen Spy Kids but me? Is this something I'm supposed to watch? It's great. It's fun. You uh, what? How old were you when those came? Yeah, came out. That would have been like what 90, 96, 97? How old were you? I don't know what year that was. Uh, that's Let's not 96, 97. That's like two thousand. Really, Spy Kids? Two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. So you're you're too big to see Spy Kids. They're fun though. I was already in high school. They're fun. Cool. They're worth watching. I think I took a couple kids to see Spy Kids. I think I took. Uh, my goddaughter and her sister to see Spy Kids. You know what it is too. You also get you also get Danny Trejo in there. You get Machete. That's yeah. where Machete comes from. <laughs> it's from Spy you know, Kids. Everybody in Spy Kids, you're, you're like, hey, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has Cheech in it too. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Everybody plays like an uncle or a cousin or something. Right. Well, oh, or a granddad. It's a Mexican family, of course. <laughs> There's one for you know those movies are a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. The first two are a hell of a lot of fun. I don't think I ever saw the third one, but the first two are a hell of a lot of fun. The, they were, they were, uh, there was a lot of imagination in there. Uh, there, you know, there's, it's like James Bond movie for little kids is what it is. Yeah. yeah. With Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino. Mm-hmm. Good time. It's like what he can do with a budget. I think those might have been. Those movies might have been the big, biggest budget he ever had, you know? I think the third one they actually did in 3D. Um, they did. They did, yeah. And, uh, wow, they, you guys know a lot about this Spy Kids. Yeah, because oh, it's... Go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. Check They're it out, fun. Justine. Robert Rodriguez, man. <laughs> I'm telling you... He, 
he's just. I don't think I'm gonna like it. I'm good. I think you're gonna love it. Jeez. It's pure fun. Why don't you think pure you'll? Fun. Why don't you think you'll like it? Because it's little kids. Yeah. It's for the kid and all of us. Yeah, but they're spy kids. Yeah. Like people always bring up this and holes to me because I never watched holes. Oh. <laughs> I never saw holes. That was a book, though, first, right? Right. Like a kid's yeah. book. I don't know. People are like, "Oh, you don't know that." Yeah, one. we read it in uh, middle school. Holes was a huge like for that was there was a period where like it was I was older, but yeah, kid, a lot of kids love that movie. They love holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Kids love holes. <laughs> kids love hey, what, what can we say? Kids love holes. What are you gonna do? Okay. Uh, that's just that reminds me of in uh, that just reminds me of. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, Village of the Giants, when they eat, yeah. when, when the ducks eat the, the, the ducks eat, eat the stuff and they walk into the, the, the go-go, the go-go club there. And then <laughs> Crow goes, well, what are you going to do? Ch- well, what do you do? Chicks like uh, big ducks. <laughs> that was code. Um, it's so uh, here's a question for you, Mario. Are we going to watch Spy Kids? Oh uh, no, but maybe I'll throw maybe I'll throw it in there now that I yeah, yeah, now that yeah, I'm hearing yeah, 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 Justine's yeah, yeah. reaction to it. Uh, raise your hand if raise your hand if you want to see it. Here is two Spy Kids guys. Raise your hand. Oh, two. It's two, four, three, four, and then so we'll take a poll on Twitter if you'd like to hear us. Uh, to uh, spy kids, let us know at Sue Complex. I think Complex I figured it out. It's because it's a spy movie. S O U P Complex. That's why she doesn't want to see it. The best uh-huh. spy movie. It's just for a bunch of kids. It's kids, but it's not. It's not. It's a kids movie, but it's also it's, like, you know. you know what? That is one. Of, that is one of the first kids <laughs> movies that had um, adults in mind, though. Like he knew adults are going to bring their kids to see this, and I think that's where a lot of the cameos and stuff come in, John. Taylor Lautner in this in the movie. I don't know who that is. Who is that? Oh, I heard <laughs> no, Taylor that's Lautner. Dark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh my bad. Oh, th- oh yeah. That, no. no, that's one I didn't see. <laughs> Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's like this. It sounds the same. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's very much in the same vein. But you get a great. Isn't Steve Buscemi in Spy Kids too? I think he is. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Everybody's in Spy Kids, basically. Oh, you know what? My kids would love it if I was in this film. Yeah, pretty bad much. Bad guy in the first film again. It's uh, Alan oh, Cummings. Right? Yeah, no, I Stallone's the second one. Alan that? Cummings is in the first one. What the? Oh my I think goodness. I think Justine's head is going to explode. What? Sylvester Stallone is in the Spy Kids. Hey, let's... You know what this is turning into? Spice Girls movie because it has a bunch of people in the Spice Girl movie. No, no, no. This is good, yeah, though. Yeah, this is good. So it, so it's not turning into the Spike. It's, <laughs> it's just a bunch of cameos. <clears throat> so the cast is, uh, uh, the main cast is the two little kids, Antonio Banderas, Danny Trejo, Carla Gugino, Alan Cumming, uh, Cheech Marin, uh, oh, I forgot Tony Shalhoub is in it. Yep. Oh, there's a cameo I totally forgot about. There's a Tony Shalhoub. Shalhoub. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. guy from Men in Black and Monk and... Um, Tony... 
I totally forgot there are there are a couple of cameos in here that I do not want to ruin. Okay. But Steve Buscemi is in. Steve Buscemi don't ruin it for is in one of them. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Oh man. Yep. Totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, right. It's like he pulled some strings to get everybody in there. So you go from think about that, Justin. You go from directing the movie we just saw to you've got uh, you know <laughs> you got all these heavy hitters in your movie. What do you think of that? You know what did it was Dusk to Dawn. People were like, "Hey, you know what I mean." After he did Dusk to Dawn, people were like, "Hey, this is pretty cool." Yeah, and he worked with his buddy QT. Working on the QT. Patrick, what was it like revisiting this movie for you? Um, I I still appreciate it uh, for what it eventually leads to. I think my biggest gripe for the movie uh, is I would like more music in it. Oh, yeah. It is kind of a quiet movie. Uh, it's quiet. It, it's like some of the sound design's a little off, but for the budget, and it's a fun movie. I mean, it's if you if you go in there to just enjoy yourself and watch some really bad uh, acting, people getting shot, uh, an interesting story, um, it's, it's fun. It's John, if, was this one of those instances where... Uh, I don't. I'm not sure, but you you just pointed it out, Patrick. I think this might have been an instance where it was shot without sound and everything was looped in later yes. because it's cheaper that, that way. Morning. It was a way to save money. Yeah, he shot the whole film silent, and then very quickly, maybe even on the set, did the sound. Um, but after the fact, and then they dubbed that in. It was all for cost. Uh, you know, to, to uh, sort of control the cost of it. Right. So I felt that, you know, when I saw it, I saw it, I could not find, um, the only thing I could find was a dubbed version. And then I realized it was going to be dubbed anyway. <laughs> right. I thought it was a little off. And I thought, well, if I'd seen the Spanish language version, it still would have been dubbed. Right. <laughs> he shot it as a silent film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it, it is very low budget. Spanish if... language or? Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah. I always watch it in Spanish. I could not better. find like a copy. Subtitle. It's funny. It was only... It was on Amazon. Uh, yeah, I don't have Amazon. Uh, all I could find is the junk. That's how we do it. Yeah. Amazon. Uh, uh, yeah, I got it through YouTube or Google Play or something, but all they had was the dubbed version, so... Justine, let's talk about it. What did you think, man? I'm excited for your review. Uh, Yeah, I'd never seen it. No, 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 I Justine. Saw. Not yet, John. Not yet. Oh. Justine, Justine. He's and, man. And so I thought it was me. <laughs> Hmm? I didn't think it was me because you said man. Oh, no, I said Justine. Uh, that's so weird. Okay. I heard man. Hmm. I heard man as well. Hmm. We'll, have to, we'll have to play that back and see if I'm right. I'm right. Um, <clears throat> Justine? I, mean, I don't know what I heard, Coach. Justine, what did you think, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, lady. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> she told you. I don't find it, I don't find the term "lady" to be an insult. All right. I see. It's Good unfortunate you. you do, Justine. Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> a burn. You guys all took it as a burn. <laughs> I love it. She's all you hypocrites. You thought it was a burn. <laughs> Justine, go ahead. Not what you speak of. Tell us what you thought of El Mariachi. Miss. I thought it was good. I mean, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh. I kind of already knew the silliness. Okay. Uh, 
beginning part with the prison, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Right. Because <laughs> the acting was so bad, and then the way shot everything was like, student film. I was like, I can't. I can't. You just buy in. You just cool have to be like, Joyce, I commit. And then when you hear like the little, like all the sound effects of the feet, right, on the walking, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all turned around because it was really great once you went to the hotel. Okay. Yeah. Once he got to the hotel, and then he's like, he kept telling, he kept calling them morons, and they're like, you're over here. No, he's over here. And he went back over here. Like, it just, it was funny after that. <laughs> I like that they do, like, the, the, the pace speeding up for, like, the phone ringing or something. <laughs> yeah. Great. When he's dialing, yeah. Do you, uh, do you guys think in that hotel scene, I'm torn. Do you think the bus driver knew he was going to go across on the wire? Do you think they just did that stunt? <laughs> Good question. I, I feel like he yeah. just, like, he, it's so funny because he grabs that little mace off the wall and you're like, well, what are you going to do with that? And then he ends up using it as a, as a, as a hook to slide down. I thought that was great. But you're right, Justine. Yeah. That scene does kind of turn it around. Because uh, it, it makes it better, right? He kind of plays it for <laughs>, laughs. All the flaws, it's just fun to watch. It becomes more fun that way, right? Um, but like, even when he's just talking to her, you're like, I can't do this. But they have a, they do so much action that it just takes away from that story and it's a lot better, right? Yeah, for seven. But the girl's really cool. She's a cool chick. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she would for the man, but she did it. It was really sweet. Yeah. 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 Just a, I just, I don't, the hard part for me is like, you didn't love her that much to be that angry. <laughs> <laughs> to kill. It's like more of a face saving thing. Maybe to, to kill Malko yeah. at the end when he, when he just shoots him. Yeah. Well, I get his little payback, but I don't see how it can carry on to the next film. Well, I so, said, it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a retelling is what they do. They kind of do a, a, re- re- a retelling yeah. of it. Yeah. So. With, a budget. <clears throat> with a budget yeah because they, they knew each other of like what, two days maybe oh uh, wait till you see desperado you can fall in love in two days justine you can fall in love and then kill the person that killed her but then after that i don't know i feel like you can move on that's true yeah but he can never play again so the only thing he can do is kill that's right all he can do is think about her <laughs> all he has left is committing murder <laughs> the real question is is he, is he left-handed or right-handed right <laughs> i would have said left i would have said left just to well he could fire a gun with the other hand so you maybe he's ambidextrous <laughs> there we go and he's in, he now has permanent vulcan fingers they were together. <laughs> <laughs> people are very excited about the vulcan fingers uh, well, I said, when I watched it, I only saw the guitar with the gun already attached to it. Mm. Oh, so that's I was looking for that, wrong, but it didn't happen, so I was like, oh, this is how it all comes together. Got it. It's an origin story. But I would say if you wanted me to sum up the movie, it's just people mixing up their guitar case. That's, <laughs> that's really what it is. That's it. Yeah. It's also a mariachi who hardly ever plays the guitar. Right. They set, they set it up pretty well. You know, they're both wearing black. They both have a guitar case. It's just that one has machine guns and the other one has a guitar. It's a pretty good setup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a great, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Mistaken identity. Yeah. 
it's a great idea and it's well done. You know, it's 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 very yeah. well done. So I'd like this better than Clerks, even with the budget. This did a better job. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? What's what? John John brought up a good point. You know, Clerks was more money. This was less money, but felt more like a movie. It felt well, like an, creative. Yeah, it's a better story. Yeah. More inventive. I think he's he does more with less <laughs> he's you have to be creative if you're going to make a movie for seven thousand you've got to have more creativity than money well, you know Patrick's like in the very beginning with the prison he's like oh they're, they're holding the same weapons that the guys walked in with oh they're oh, wow. the same weapons again <laughs> that's god that's sharp i never i never spot stuff like that like hey isn't that the same car i never spot stuff oh like that, it's it's you know? they, they reused they reused actors like it it, it is right in this movie everywhere it is the same actor like when the same gun gun. go kill azul they give they pay her money and then when the guy gets out he pays money i'm like oh that's the same money yeah why didn't you get the same shot (laughs) the shot of the hand with the money is the same shot probably yeah they said something about at the end because they were reusing people they had so many people to use in these these gun battles that they said it's it's mostly like teenagers that last shot when they're inside the compound they said we ran out of people you haven't seen already so these were like teenagers you know yeah. uh you know the assorted gunmen behind the wall you know uh john what did you think this is your first time seeing it you you obviously were impressed yeah you know uh once you get past the shock that you're not going to get salma hayek you know <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize you know oh he couldn't you know and then christ desperado is like her first movie isn't it Right, well, it's her, she had done she had done stuff in Spanish, but yeah, it's her first American movie. Right. Yeah. No, this thing's a lot of fun. It is obviously low budget, but it's so much fun that you're not concentrating so much on on how low budget it is because it's just moving right along and you're just having a good time. It's obviously very low budget, and the acting is real dodgy, but it gets by on personality. It gets by on chutzpah, you know. Right. So, it's a it's a good old time, and so yeah. When you're right, it's like Evil Dead. By the time you get to the next one, you go, okay, here's a reboot with a little more money and bigger and bigger stars, you know. Right, right, right. Music. Yeah, it's funny that there there isn't a lot of music, but geez, if you can't afford to shoot the sound in real time, I, I guess that tells you what they can do with the music. It's like can't do the music either. What music, you know? Uh, <clears throat> you did. Did you have any problems, John, at all with the? Uh... With the faux Spanish going on? Well, you you watched the dub version, right? I saw it dubbed, and I really tried to find one that wasn't dubbed. But then I, afterwards, I read how he dubbed the whole movie anyway. It was shot with no sound. So I thought, well, it would have been better in Spanish, I'm sure. But it was going to be dubbed one way or the other, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right, right. I, I, I agree I, with Patrick. I When I'm watching a foreign film, I would rather see it in the original language. It always works better. I've never seen one where the dubbing was a better version, but that's all I could find. So I thought, okay, we'll uh, we'll roll with it, you know. <laughs> but you, like you said, it is either way you're going to watch it. It's going to be dubbed because of. I the, was going to, yeah, yeah. It's so funny when I read that. I thought, well, either way, it was going to be. Dubbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're always watching uh, a dubbed yeah, version. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's so visual anyway. You figure most of this is intended to work visually, you know. Yeah, this is you know. It, I wanted us to watch it just because we are going to be watching the rest of the movies. And uh, it's it's not a great movie by any means, but for a seven thousand dollar budget, it's great uh, for what he was able to accomplish and uh, make it look cinematic and feel. And it it has a great pay. It's very well paced. It's short. 
It's short and sweet. I think the best part of it is you really get a capture and an idea of his directorial style. Yes. In this film, like it is a, a great snapshot, and you can actually see the influence this movie has in the rest of his films, and it, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a great director. Because by the time he's doing something like Planet Terror, you know, the grindhouse yeah. he did, or yeah, From yeah. Dust Till Dawn, you know, a lot of that. Oh. He, re- he does remind me a lot of a Sam Raimi where he's just doing fun stuff with the camera. Yeah, he's, got, he's like, he's got a mix of like Sam Raimi and then a little bit of Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's got that B movie flair. You know what and it is? Joe Dante, you know, cause all these guys are movie fans. That That's what they all have in common. Joe Dante, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez. They are movie fans. You can see how infectious the fun they're having shooting it is infectious. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I was just about to say, I always think of Robert Rodriguez as like the Beastie Boys, whereas he's not considered one of the greats, right? You you know, but when you watch his stuff, you realize, man, this guy's done a a, a prolific body of work, and then B, uh, just every time every time you watch something, you know it's his stuff. He's got a very distinctive style, but you have it's a heck of a lot of fun. He even did the. You know, we, we talked about his episodes of uh, of The Mandalorian, where we're like, oh, yep, you could tell Robert Rodriguez directed that one. Like, as soon as you saw the name pop up, you're like, oh, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, so you're right, a lot Patrick. Of directors never even, a lot of directors never even establish a style. Right. They say not everyone can even do that. You got a lot of just hack directors and Ron Howard, I think, doesn't have a style. You're absolutely right. Damn. You're absolutely right. No. You see he's, right. he's a basic bitch. You're right. He's what a, it is, it's a some, some directors don't want to have an identifiable style, and that even goes back to the golden age. Uh, you know, like people like Victor Fleming and even maybe Michael Curtiz. It's like it's not necessarily stylistic flourishes that you're picking up on. They're um, they're aces at what they do. It always looks great, but it's a story that's driving how they right, shoot it. Right. Somebody like Wells, even if he tried, he, he couldn't hide his sense of style if he tried. And the same with you know somebody like you know Howard Hawks or John Houston. They have got a identifiable style. You right. Know? You know, but then John, look look how many movies we grew up watching. You know, you you think of guys like Ted Post, who you'll see his name Bingo. on like a million, or like a Joseph Sargent. And uh, yep. not necessarily any any identifiable, identifiable style to, to set them apart from some of their contemporaries. But when you go back and you go, hey, this guy did a good job. He was a, he was a you know, the, the story works. Because that would be distracting. You really hit it on the head. Ted Post has done every kind of movie. It would be distracting if he was trying to impose a style on something like um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes or, you know, uh, Hang Him High, you know. Right. It's like. He's there to do a Western or he's there to do a sci-fi and it would be distracting. He right. The, the inclination or the time to like impose some sort of style on it. Workman, you know, Kubrick. a workman-like director, which is what Ron Howard is. You're right, Justin. You, you actually nailed it. That's a great, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great, and that's not an insult because Ron Howard's done no, some good stuff. Had, think, about, think, think about how many hits Ron Howard's had, but he does not have an identifiable style at all. Yeah. Yeah. I got the credits. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, we, wow, that was Ron Howard. That yeah. could have been anybody. You know? <laughs> yeah, which which is both. You, you, it's it's sort of damning with faint praise because it's hard to do. It's hard to do, but, uh, I, but uh, with his in his case, I would guess that it, that was a conscious decision 
uh, he knows all those those old school guys, and he probably thought better to be like a Victor Fleming or a George Cooker or somebody who can just do it right. beautifully, tell the story, don't distract from the story, you know, right, and, and get good performance. And some, you know? but sometimes in a in a in a situation like this with Rodriguez, you need that flourish because sure. there's a lot of warts to hide, and so that flourish kind of like. <laughs> You know, you know what else you got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's rank it. Let's rank the the mariachi. Uh, Jake, what do you give it? Oh, I'll give it a six. You're gonna give it a six, uh, Patrick. Uh, six is fair. Six is fair, Justine. Eight gives it an eight. Wow, wow Justine, very nice. I hope you like Desperado as much because it actually has a budget. So I'm worried that you're gonna be like, nope. I expected more. John Sandy? I give it a six. He does a lot with very little. Yeah. Yeah, Mariachi's probably a... I, I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I, I like it. Um, it, uh, it, it, you know, he, again, being able to shoot. And again, a lot of this stuff looks just like they just went out in the middle of the street and shot it. And like, hey, you guys... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably did. They'd have that gorilla feel to permits. it. You think they got permits and licenses? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm surprised they didn't get arrested. They didn't get arrested and thrown in that jail we saw in the beginning. Um, if you guys can think of that's a fun game. Think of a director that you like that has no uh, particular style. Uh, that would be a uh, a great question. Who directed the original? Uh, uh, Franklin Schaffner, Papillon, Patton. Oh yeah, Planet of the Ape. Right. Those are all solid movies and, uh, you know, Oscar winners. But, boy, there's no style. He just does a oh, solid he, job of filming. You know you know who's, a, who's probably a biggie? Favreau has a style, but that's just me. What's that? Mm. I don't think John Favreau has a style. Yeah, uh, you know, you might be right. You, you, you kind of might be right. Yeah. Oh, you know who else, John, who's probably the biggest of those is Robert Wise. Oh. Uh Right, uh, absolutely, and he, because he does every genre. That's the thing. He's done musicals, mm-hmm. sci-fi, boxing pictures, mm-hmm. film noir. He's done Christ, Star Trek. He he is in the service of the story. Sound of Music. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of guys like that out there that that are not. And again, it sounds like an insult to say that you don't have a discernible yeah. style. But uh, that that's uh, who was they the guy. No, yeah. I yeah. mean, they, these are guys. I mean, we saw the great. Uh, uh, we saw some Robert. You know, he did. He does West Side Story. Does Sound of Music, and then he did. did wait, did he do uh, West Side Story? Yes, I believe so. And then he does does Sound yeah. of Music, and then he does a Fantastic Voyage, and then he does, you know, all this stuff. And Andromeda Strain. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah, does one of the all time great boxing pictures, the setup, you know? Yeah. With Robert Ryan, you know, it's just uh, crazy. Yeah, it's great. So yeah. But yeah, they all look like they could have been shot by anybody, but that's not a bad thing. Sometimes you just want the acting and the story to stand out. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what a great show. What do we got for next week? Uh it should be uh, Braveheart. What year is Braveheart? Ninety four, I think. Hold on, I have it up. It is uh Ninety-five. What year is True Lies? What year is True Lies? It should be ninety-four, ninety-five. Ninety-four. 
so it fits right in between. Let's watch True Lies next week. I hate to do this to you, pull a switch at the last minute, but let's watch True Lies. You um. son of a bitch. <laughs> you you will not be you will not be sad about it. Who all has seen? Uh, who's all seen True Lies? No. You promise not to be sad. Mm. If you're a fan of the late great Bill Paxton, this is his, probably his greatest movie. You don't think so, John? Uh, he's just done a lot of cool stuff. But uh, everybody's good in this. Even Arnold's good in this. <laughs> yeah. What a, probably, probably Jamie Lee Curtis's greatest movie. I might agree with you. That and Trading Places, yeah. Yeah. Up until everything, everywhere and else. For Arnold, you, I would say for Arnold, as far as being a movie where he's not playing a killer cyborg, this might be his best performance. Right, right. <laughs> So let's watch that. Let's watch True Lies for this week, guys. All right? I love you all. <laughs> Did anyone tell Leonard Bernstein that Puerto Rico is part of America? Did anyone tell Mr. Bernstein? That? <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, he, some, who's playing him right now? Somebody's playing Bernstein. Oh, it's Bradley Cooper. Is going to play uh, Leonard Bernstein. Is that a TV show or a movie? I don't know. But I just want to see him do the part where he goes, My baby does the hanky panky. That's my favorite Leonard Bernstein clip. What was that from? Was that from? He, it was, he would do that thing where he would, would, you know, he would do like a matinee concert and there would be teenagers in the audience and he would stop and do like a thing and he would break it down and go, You know, Kids, the same music that brought us Mozart brought us this. And he'd be like, you really got me. You really got me. And he'd be playing the chords. Wow. And there's one where he just goes, it's so funny because he's so he's so stiff. He's like, my baby does the hanky pink. And it cracks me up every time I see it. Good old Leonard. Did Bernstein. he really do the kinks? Did he really do the yeah, kinks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. He actually debated via in, the, in a column in the newspaper uh, Gene Krupa debated Leonard Bernstein on the merits of jazz music wow. versus classical. Yeah. How about that? I send that wow. to you if you find that. I guess I can. I don't know. I, I only heard. I've never read it, but I I know that it was a, a it was like a point counterpoint that ran in the New York Times during really? like the during like the forties. I think. Yeah. How about? <clears throat> I'll try to find the clip of him playing. Uh, the hanky panky and uh, the kinks. <laughs> you really got me. And you see the teenagers uh, kind of laughing in the audience. He did that. What I would love to find is uh, I know it's probably on YouTube. Is that he did a show on PBS where he was talking to about modern pop music, and he he's uh, at Brian Wilson's house, and Brian Wilson sits down and plays "Surfs Up" on the piano, and he just says, "This is one of the great geniuses uh, right now working in music," <laughs> you know. And he meant it. He meant it, you know. <laughs> And um, no, because Surf's Up's an incredible, probably the last great thing Brian Wilson did. Really, yeah, yeah. You know? um, so I thought that's interesting that he was at least open to the idea yeah. that there could be somebody working yeah. in pop yeah. music I that was a genius. Yeah, it's just, Bradley Cooper is going to play Leonard Bernstein. So mm. that's all. Uh, and that goes, And if you're wondering how that circles into a con- our conversation, we mentioned Val Kilmer playing uh, in uh, a Top Secret, and his character Nick Rivers yeah. was. Um, was sent to the East Germany when Leonard Bernstein bowed out. If you remember that plot ah, point, if you remember that plot point. So there is, 
there is uh, some connection to what we we're talking to today. There you go. So for John, for Jake, for Justine, for Patrick, and for myself, we say we love you guys. Thank you for listening. As always, we love your support. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Soup Complex, S-O-U-P Complex. You know, if you uh, have a movie from the 90s that you think we should maybe listen to, I'm, I'm open to some suggest- suggestions for everything other than Hook. So send those out. Send those out to us at Soup Complex, S-O-U-P Complex. Yeah, and uh, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, we say... This transmission ends now. Unity! Unity!